0: Oh my god yes we know thank you we we always ask before we record if it's okay to record we know oh my god sorry hi (laughs) as
1: you can tell amanda's tired (laughs) it's so tired (laughs) welcome to this week's episode of unfortunately required reading we are reading dicey's song which ow Yeah,
0: we're reading Dicey's Song by Cynthia Voigt. Um, A book that I think is number one on my list of why do we make children read this? And yet,
1: Uh, knowing a lot of kids in junior high and high school who live kind of similar lives,
0: it's like, oh, oh. I have a name. (laughs) I didn't know you until later in life. I'm just saying I have a name. Also, Tori got to appreciate that my entire backdrop is panel after panel of Japanese kimono cotton. It's really pretty. And I have two five by seven prints of tufted titmice mice as a couple. I'm getting one that's a Bonnie Prince black cap chickadee. That's Ooh. an eight by uh, that's an eight by10. And I have my tiny, tiny Yule goat up at the top that I can't burn yet. Uh, And I have my lace owl from Witch Fest right here. So backdrop.
1: Backdrop. Mine's just what it's always been.
0: (laughs) This is what your, this is what your subscription money gives is, I don't want to talk about how much money I've spent on fabric. I had a whole wall to cover in Japanese kimono fabric. This is why we appreciate each and every dollar you give us. Um, We're eating and drinking dealer's choice. I have some barefoot bubbly pink Moscato and a bottle of water because I'm getting old. I'm drinking
1: rum and diet coke. Um, When asked what it would be this week for for drinks uh, Amanda had originally written, is there a physical embodiment of childhood trauma, whiskey in a yoo-hoo? Um, so if whiskey sound, in a yoo sounds good to you, please feel free.
0: I actually really like yoo So you don't uh, want to add me, whiskey to it? Uh, no, because I didn't want to shit my pants. <laughs> that, that just sounds like there are easier ways to have diarrhea. Uh the only other person that I know that likes you who as much as I do is my best friend Carlos. Like I feel like we're like the old like the last like few people in America that likes you. And for those of you that don't know what you is, you is not chocolate milk. It is a chocolate-flavored beverage. That should tell you everything you already need to know about you. It is not a chocolate milk, it is a chocolate-flavored beverage. <laughs> It's basically like if you tried to make Nesquik with water, but it tastes like my childhood. So are you saying your
1: childhood is water mixed with Nesquik?
0: Yes. That's not even a racial joke. No, it's not. It's just, (laughs) that's what it was. And like, it's not like a poor option. It's not like a, oh, this is, you know, your tang. This is for poor children. Nah, like this was just a 90s thing that people thought was a good idea. Also tangent, my therapist just figured out that I have a crown on my headset. And he was like, you have a crown on your head. I'm like, yes, I do. I actually own two of them. And he is just increasingly delighted that I am an e-girl. Last session, he loved the strobe lights. This time he discovered the crown. Can't wait till he figures out that the chair lights up. (laughs) And that I own not one,
1: but two ring lights. Have you seen the 3D printed cowboy hat? I
0: sent it to you, woman. Oh, that's who sent it to me, I'm sorry. Yeah, actually that creator is the one who made this crown. Oh. So, hashtag not sponsored. Um, Hold on, let me go find that account really fast because, (laughs) oh yes, uh, Chaotic Crafts Co on Etsy uh they made this crown they also have a rosalina one that i really really want and they have uh a cauldron switch dock that i'm looking at Ooh! so uh chaotic crafts co hit us up because i love my crown and i get many many compliments on it and apparently she does a uh, custom stuff because i would love a little rose gold purple and black crown that would be cool mm-hmm we're not talking about the book because it's sad um yeah one thing that i never thought i'd be advocating for over tori is we don't have a trigger warning on this episode um blanket trigger warning for uh frank talks about uh childhood abuse mental illness substance abuse and uh the host having bad childhoods there you go um, am i incorrect in any way no so you may know, say so, short story long at your leisure.
1: Short story long is actually short this week mm. um, because this is not a very long book. So Dicey Tillerman and her three siblings have just moved in with their grandmother, Abigail, as their mom is in a mental hospital. Her siblings are James, who's super smart, Maybeth, who everyone describes as slow, and Sammy, who is trying really, really hard to behave and not punch people in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, they call their grandmother, Graham, and while she is poor, and very guarded, she also wants to make sure that her grandchildren are protected. So Dicey immediately goes out to get a job cleaning the local grocery store, because that's the kind of girl she is, Mm -hmm. making $7 a week, $7 a week, yes, um, so she can help out with the family. Graham mm-hmm. advises that she wants to adopt them as shows this by writing their names in their family Bible. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dicey is doing everything she can not to let people know anything about her life. So she doesn't get flack from anybody because she's always been made fun of in school. She's mm-hmm. teased a great deal as were her brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. She ends up meeting an older student named Jeff who plays guitar. She rejects Jeff's friendship and that of a classmate named Mina, who is incredibly smart. Maybeth can't pick up the schoolwork that she's supposed to get. She's a little too far behind. She struggles to do fractions, but she is killing it with piano practice to the point where the teacher starts giving her lessons, which Dicey ends up helping pay for. Mm-hmm. James goes ahead and gets a paper route. And when a letter arrives about Dicey's mom, it's three pages long. But when she asks Graham what it says, Graham just says, There's no change in their mom's condition and won't elaborate. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no hospital sends you a three-page letter if there's no change in condition. Only if it's a bill. Only if it's a bill. Um, Graham goes to the parent-teacher conferences, and during a shopping trip with Dicey, she lays out everything going wrong with her siblings, and demands that Dicey help solve these problems, as it's her job to hold on to her siblings. What? Okay um dicey has her own programs her own problems as she is failing home ec which she sees as Mm -hmm. absolutely pointless and Mm -hmm. she's getting a c in english which she doesn't understand because she's always been great in english she turns Mm -hmm. into a paper about somebody in her life which is her mom her -hmm. teacher reads mina's paper out loud and says oh this is really good and then he reads dicey's out loud and tells the class it's excellent but it's definitely plagiarized mina ends up standing up to defend dicey and proves that Dicey actually wrote the whole paper. The teacher promises to correct her grade. Yeah, mm-hmm. what the hell, bro? Anyway, <clears throat> Dicey's family has Thanksgiving at their house and they invite a me- best music teacher who's around a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Sammy is fighting again. Uh, Graham visits the school and beats all the second graders in marbles, and the kids think she's super cool. So mm-hmm. they stop fighting. <laughs> Jeff asks Dicey to a dance, but she turns him down grandma announces that the kids are now legally adopted by her Um, Graham gets a call from Boston and leaves the kids with their music teacher and takes Dicey with her Dicey sees her mom in the mental hospital and realizes her mom is dying Mm -hmm. Graham stays with Dicey's mom and Dicey goes to buy gifts for her siblings when she gets back to the hotel she finds out her mom has died Graham and Dicey have her mom cremated and bring her home with them on the train in a wooden box that Dicey Mm -hmm. found at the store they bury mama under the tree in the front yard Graham goes to the attic. She's been trying to keep the kids out of and brings down the family photo album.
0: Cue crying. Yeah, um, this one was a heavy one. It wasn't as heavy as an adult, but uh, that was a lot. I think it's important to jump straight into themes and symbols because I feel like there's gonna be a lot of overlap, Mm -hmm. Um, but also it'll allow us to further analyze the book. And I definitely want to start up at the top because really like all of these coalesce into one thing, which is childhood trauma and just how trauma affects a family, starting off with what happens when children have to grow up too fast um you're looking at two of them
1: thumbs up everybody
0: uh you know we always make this joke you know when people say you have an old soul you're mature for your age it just means that you stopped producing serotonin at the age of 10 uh that's probably about the trauma yeah like i honestly 10 was probably about the time i stopped producing serotonin uh that's the year both my parents got sick uh, Tori, are you in that ballpark? Are you in that 10 to 12? So
1: everything kind of started going wrong around seven, but I officially uh-huh. stopped producing the necessary amounts of serotonin about 13.
0: Okay. So, yeah, it's typically in that like 10 to 12. Occasionally, I think like the cutoff is like 14 or so. But for most, it's around 10 to 12, where then you realize, oh, I'm just no longer going to make serotonin. Um, The effects of that on a child are numerous. Um, It changes them socially, it changes them physically, it changes them emotionally. Um, I was fortunate that it really didn't affect my grades very much because school was one of the few things in my life that was a routine and was static. but it definitely made it hard to relate to other kids, which you see that a lot with Dicey, um, where when you're basically an adult surrounded by children, it's really, really hard to relate to the children. You also see a lot of, you know, befriending teachers and older students uh, because they make more sense to you. Spoiler alert, sometimes that's really bad. can be Some, sometimes that's really not good i got lucky with my teachers let's just put i also away. but yeah, i mean for I the befriended- record for the record there's only one instance that i can think of that was less than ideal but i had no issue with it
1: <laughs> see i didn't trust men at all no, no I, not at all i trusted no. the female teachers and i hung out with them
0: I'm friends with a lot of them on Facebook. Oh my God, I was a gross little misogynist and I trusted men too much because of daddy issues. Um, Thanks, dad. You wanted to protect me from men and then you died and then I trusted them too much. Your plan failed. Um. (laughs) So
1: a lot of what Dicey has to go through, I mean, like it's already hard enough. She's already working a job at 12 to mm-hmm. like bring money home to the family. And instead of keeping it for herself, she's dividing it up as allowance for her siblings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What? Like, I thought it was weird that I used to bring in the paper every morning for my mom and make coffee, but this is like
0: selfless crap.
1: And the crap my that,
0: mom's oxygen machine. See,
1: like it's this, this innate sense that because the, the parent can't parent you, you have to step in. And I think that's where we get a lot of these like weird traits when you're older, like perfectionism, massive anxiety, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then having her grandma be like, well, here's the deal. I had to take care of my siblings. You have to take care of yours. This is your problem now. I'm like, Mm -hmm.
0: dude, she bought her a club sandwich and then ruined her life. What is going on? Yeah, I definitely want to segue into family trauma. Uh, just because again, that's something that we both can definitely speak to. Uh, The problem with trauma is that it usually doesn't start with you and it doesn't end with you. Um, I know that's something that a lot of us millennials are working really, really hard on is to make sure that it does, if it doesn't stop with us, we're working as hard as possible to make sure that it stops fairly soon after us. Many of us are accomplishing that by just not having children in a dying, flaming Elscape world. Uh, So the curse dies with me.
1: (laughs) And that's like, if you're on TikTok or the internet or spend a lot of time, you'll probably see a lot of people talking about doing ancestor work now, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that is a spiritual thing, which a lot of people it is, or whether they're just kind of going, okay, my parents did this when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. This is how it affected me. This is how I'm going to parent my children instead, or this is how I'm going mm-hmm. to interact with youth. Um, that's especially big for people who are volunteers in, uh, different programs and stuff for, for younger kids to kind of just step forward and, and be very loving and protective, especially mm-hmm. if it's not something that they're used to at home, or it's mm-hmm. not something their parents were used to. We mm-hmm. have you know our our parents generation went through a lot and their parents you know great war all that kind of stuff so it's like our big focus or at least what i've seen from a lot of millennials is let's not use that and make be like well i had to go through this you do too now it's like i had to go through this so let's find 14 different ways to avoid
0: you from having to do that right and i know at least like for a lot of us in the african-american community and other minority communities it's not even as simple as just our parents are weird because society, it's going back hundreds of years. Our people were abused, right? Generational trauma is generational for a reason. And sort of like, so I'm a narcissist. And when I work out, I listen to the old episodes of the podcast. It's sort of like the opening of um American Psycho, but like with, you know, the show.
1: I just pictured this and it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, part so like, of it is is also me imagining you listening to Huey Lewis in the news, though. Well, no, it's it's at. us
0: instead. So I'm just like I'm at I'm at the fanciest gym humanly possible, just like on the treadmill doing the bare minimum, listening to us. And I was listening to our episode of On Beloved because you know a light nighttime listen, a very chill, easy read, and it just reminds me a lot. Tori, I'm not well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not. Do you want to tell our listeners what you were listening to earlier today that you texted me
0: about? I was listening to a documentary on the Thurston High shootings, and a lot of the documentary was this boy who shot up his school's diary. And I was like, huh, that sounds familiar. I've definitely dated a guy like that. I've probably been that guy. I would... I was referred
1: to as the trench coat mafia by a girl in high school who later turned out to be a failed playboy bunny. So yeah, that is a little piece of universal revenge that I will always hold dear to my heart. I didn't even do anything. I was just like, wow, this girl was very,
0: very cruel to me. I wish yeah, you well. So that, it was, that was, that was really, really shocking listening because it wasn't like, wow, this kid's insane. Like, wow, that sounds like something I wrote when I was younger. I don't have trauma at all. I'm very well adjusted. Drinks champagne in the dark with ring light. You know, you have multiple ring lights at this point. The other one's not plugged in just like my soul, um, <laughs> but I'm not well, uh, you know, so that trauma is there. So like to make it about me because that's all I know how to do as a only child. Um, I remember dealing with this with my aunts and my mom. And, you know, I only knew my grandma as my grandma, you know, jovial and happy, kind of a flirt. But, you know, she is an older Southern woman. That's what older Southern women do. And then I met her mom. And she was literally Satan. She was literally what? She was Satan. She was, my great grandma was the worst person. She was the one that fat chained me all the time. She was the one that said that I'm glad you're not a darky, She's the worst person ever. She looked me in the eye and said, I wish I could gain weight like you do. Wow. Yeah, that was who raised my grandmother. So all those abusive, shitty things my aunt said about their mom suddenly made a lot of sense. And then going further back, I heard stories about my great grandmother's mom who said something horrible happened to her and then she had to go into an asylum and no one heard from her ever again. So I could trace back mental illness at least that far back on my mom's side, which means that if I really, really tried, I can probably trace that mental illness and that trauma further. So when I look top down now at my great-grandmother, who traumatized my grandmother, my grandmother who traumatized my mother and her sisters, and then my mother and her sisters who traumatized me, I have a better nexus point to where that started. It did not start with me. And that is the hardest pill to swallow because it keeps perpetuating itself. One thing I hear a lot in abuse, traumatized households is exactly like what Graham said is, well, this is how it was for me. See how well it turned out. Cause I got that a lot from my aunts when I was younger. Oh, well, this is how our dad did it. Look at you, you seem very well adjusted.
1: It's kind of like you when you hear people who are like, well, I think it's stupid you don't spank your kids. I mean, I was spanked and I turned out just fine. And then I I always hear people go, no, but you aren't fine. And I laugh, I'm like, I have a whole level of kinks now.
0: Welcome. I was just, uh, I made a joke about this with Amber uh, because I shared this uh, TikTok of a Netflix show that is just like young Japanese children running errands by themselves. Oh, my friend was talking about that the other day. And it looks like really cute and chaotic. And Amber was like, this looks really stressful for the children. And I said, I don't know, we turned out okay. And then she just got really quiet. Cause it's like, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we, we, turns out that's also something that I've been learning and I love and hate TikTok for this or all those little things that like you thought were positives. were were, were bad. Like I always thought that like my hyper independence was a positive. It's not, it's because I've never been able to trust anyone or rely on anyone for anything ever. So I'll just do it. And I've been hyper independent and hyper competent since I was at least six or seven years old. Because if I didn't do it, it wasn't happening. Uh, When I tell stories about like taking care of my mom, Everyone's always like, that's so altruistic of you. It wasn't. If I didn't do it, mom would just die. Like if I didn't fill up oxygen tanks, it wasn't happening. If I didn't prep medications, wasn't happening. If I didn't clean catheters, wasn't happening. If I didn't say, please pay the electric bill, was not happening. There was no altruism, maturity, nothing. And if I could take it back today to trade in, to have a childhood, yeah, let's go.
1: Yeah, that's called survival
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and also I think- don't sorry not to cut you off don't romanticize when people with trauma tell you they have trauma like don't do the whole like oh well look at how you turned out. like that's so brave of you don't don't do that we're not brave we're we're struggling <laughs> we're trying we're doing what we have to do to survive that's really mm-hmm. what it is anyhow yeah i talked a lot uh let's see so
1: part of what ties into this is is her mother's mental illness and i will say that dicey song is usually read by itself but it's part of a bigger uh scope of work which is the tillerman saga Mm -hmm. um or the tillerman cycle rather so if you want to find out more about like the random uncle bullet or Dicey's friends, or you know, what happened to get them to this point where her mom is in a mental institution in Boston. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You might want to start with those. But Mm -hmm. usually it's just read as like, oh my God, look at look at Dicey's life, look at everything she's going through. Um what is really kind of weird about this book, too, is I feel bad for Maybeth a lot because it's basically everybody just going, oh, she's slow, she's slow, which in the South means we think. That your brain doesn't work um or we think you have a disorder um and it's very possible that her brain just thinks entirely differently there are a lot of indicators that she might have some form of autism um not like not like super zoned in or anything like that but there yeah. are a lot of indications maybe she's got something else going on and the fact that she is so good at music and so good at like certain things the things that she focuses on Mm -hmm. versus this is what school is telling you is important because they're sitting there her brother james he's like fractions are easy look give me an apple i'll show you this dicey shows Mm -hmm. her the same thing and she's like i can't do it but i can sit down at the piano and i can play for two hours and nobody can stop me and i'm incredible Mm -hmm. so and then that's traumatic for her too because she's trying so hard to do things that are outside of the scope of where she wants to focus Mm -hmm. and it makes
0: it more difficult for her. So I don't know. Yeah, and it's always interesting to think about like what that affliction possibly could have been. I know certainly uh, we're not as a society great about talking about that stuff still. There's also still a lot of like over diagnoses with that stuff, also a lot of under diagnoses um particularly for women uh particularly just in the south
1: well there's that yeah
0: (laughs) where we're very quick to just accept maybe your child ain't so bright like definitely in women because it presents differently but also just like in general uh but yeah i do want to say that there are a lot more books in the tellerman cycle uh so far, all of them sound like trash, but I do remember reading Homecoming, which is the first book. We read this and Dicey's song. Um,
1: and Homecoming became a movie at one point in time. I'll
0: include did. the link. Yes. Uh, so we talked, I don't want to say a lot about trauma, but it's something we've talked about before. Um, basically listen to every other episode of the podcast. And it's <laughs> every other episode we've ever done. Yeah. And it's nighttime. So Amanda has her adult grape juice. It is ready for nappies. Um it's been a very long week.
1: It has uh, I, been showed, a long week. I showed
0: my therapist my mug of a crab smoking a cigarette that says life is relentless.
1: I'm thinking about buying one for my coworker Erica. Yes. Life has been cruel lately. I want it, I wish I had like the bruja training or whatever because i just want to take an egg and rub it all over her and do like the limpia thing so for those of you who don't live in the south that is highly populated by the hispanic culture there's a thing called limpia where basically they take an egg or an ojo and they rub it over your body but it's like a very sacred thing and it's designed to take out any bad juju any negativity any nasty stuff mm-hmm. or people wishing you ill and then you crack it into a glass and you like look at it and you have to like dump it in the toilet it's a whole thing or like running water but i am not that is that is not my area so it's just i'm always going we
0: should probably like <laughs> get you exercised or yeah. <laughs> i think you have to do the sana sana kalita deadana like you have to like say all these like magic words if anyone in south texas or just texas in general is like no i'm a christian don't they're lying every one of us here does some form of magic like if anyone has the audacity to be like witchcraft in my house and then they wish on a star right and then they wish on a star or they believe in the owl witch or they rub an egg on people they can go fuck to fuck right off with that i love it and hate it when people do that where it's like am i christian home it's like you just sauna saunaed an egg under the bed like you're a witch you're doing a witch thing like uh, you put a
1: glass of water under the bed to capture all the negative energy while you were sleeping Like i just don't uh it's my cat would just knock it over
0: your cats are amazing
1: um, we are. I miss them. I don't know where they are right now. They're hiding. <laughs>
0: what, the, what the fuck happened to that? Uh, Tori, do you want to talk about the author briefly?
1: So I'm going to be honest Cynthia Voight is still alive. So part of that always makes me nervous since the Toni Morrison episode. But I will say she is incredibly private. She has a website, but it's also very limited as far as her biography. Wikipedia doesn't have a whole lot, didn't find anything really on YouTube, but here are the facts we do know. She was born February 25th, 1942 in Boston. Mm -hmm. She graduated from Smith College and worked in advertising in New York for a while. Mm -hmm. She moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico in the 60s and started teaching. She then moved to Annapolis, Maryland to do the same. Dicey Song is part of the Tillerman saga, which we already talked about Our cycle, which is about Mm -hmm. the family. There's multiple books. There's different aspects of it really people became very focused on uh cynthia Voigt in the 90s because homecoming was turned into i think it was a hallmark movie um and so people were like oh this is so good um dicey song won the 1983 newberry medal so that's another reason why she came into the spotlight um is mm-hmm. not super into having friends Which is interesting she says this on her website she's very close to her family she chooses to be closer to her family rather than having outside friends we see a lot of that Mm -hmm. in dicey so part of that's like oh that feels very familiar um and hopefully as i knock on wood haha another thing we do out here um hopefully she will still be alive when we're done recording this episode
0: thumbs Mm -hmm. up yeah um so I love that she's really, really private and secret. I think that's very, very funny. Um, but yeah, I have—I I think that that's amazing. You can also definitely tell that she's from Annapolis because it comes up a lot in the Tillerman saga. Also just what is that whole part of America doing? Like what is the East Coast doing? Are they okay? They're okay. I um, no okay. would love to move to New Hampshire.
1: Random fact, one of my favorite people in the world was born in New Hampshire and says he will never go back. Uh, I'm like, but why though? He actually ran for office, but um, is a very intense
0: atheist, so he lost. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh. So, uh, let me see. We have some resources, which are the usual ones. Obviously her website, Spark Notes, and Wikipedia. Also uh, our lives, cause trauma. Um, I think this is gonna be our shortest episode, y'all. There's not really
1: a whole lot on this.
0: There's not, like there's just not a ton to like really plumb in. Like, I mean, I think especially because like it's a topic that we've covered before. Like we've talked a lot about like childhood trauma and stuff like that. And while in theory, it's always easy to talk about, it also can be really, really hard. And, you know, sometimes this is just one of those weeks where it's hard to talk about it. Uh, If you would like,
1: huh? I was gonna say, part of me wonders if they read this in school, just to kind of check a box. Oh, look, we talked about childhood trauma. Now you all know that exists. Let's walk away before we have to analyze this further.
0: Yeah, I do wonder if that happens sometimes. But also. So let's go ahead and skip to the question of did you have to read this in school? So for Tori, that was that was no free. Nope. You. Never heard okay. of it until you. So I did. I did have to read this in school, Um, I was in Miss Lawson's class. I was in, I wanna say sixth or seventh grade. Uh, So I was not that much older, younger than Dicey. I had also, uh, just to set the stage for any new listeners, my father had just died and my mother had given me up because she decided that she wanted to date a crack dealer. As you do, Um, I was being raised by my aunts um, and a lot of that trauma stuff of not being the same, not fitting in, not trusting people, all of that hit home really hard. I really liked Dicey's song when I was a kid, but in hindsight, it goes in the category of books like Grindle, where if I was the teacher with my students, and I found the one kid who was really vibing with Dicey's song probably would take them to a side and be like, hey, friend, how you doing? You doing okay? I mean, obviously not, but you're doing okay. Like, I just feel like it should be like on a list of books where it's like, hey, if your student is really vibing with this book, probably should check in.
1: I kind of feel like my teachers probably should have stopped me from reading Anne Rice porn in their classes, but
0: okay I'm gonna blame the champagne because my brain filled in a much worse thing than what you had just said and I was about to be very afraid what what did you think I was gonna read I'm gonna get canceled I genuinely thought my brain auto-selected an Anne Frank and I was like oh who is what? writing smutty Anne Frank fan fiction Okay, so there is I know it exists rule 34 is always in effect. I'm That's not why I was an Anne Frank
1: joke just so we're all clear. If yeah, I've ever watched Venture Brothers. There was a whole conversation about whether Anne Frank or Lizzie Borden would win in a fight. And that is all I'm going to say about that. It is a throwaway line in the first, or yeah, the first season. And it is one of those things that every time they have a convention and the creators of Venture Brother are out there, somebody asks them that question of who would be the winner. So just remember some
0: of the things you throw out into the world.
1: No, but it was never Anne Rice, and Rice, y'all.
0: Yeah, my brain did eventually figure it out. My head was like, what did you just say? It's been a very long day for Amanda. Uh, Yeah, I'm okay with this being a short episode because it's a short book and it's for children. Uh, But yeah, go check on your kids who might be like super vibing with this book. Uh, Now, in the spirit of not vibing with books at all, Victoria, what are we reading in uh, May?
1: We're reading Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. If I sound very disappointed, it's because I hated this book in high school and I was one of two kids in that class who are both goth and both had legitimate mental illness issues who are like this book is stupid
0: i never had to read this book in school really i avoided it i avoided jd salinger except for of mice and men of
1: mice and men is uh steinbeck
0: oh he is steinbeck i'm sorry yeah it's
1: okay no, he has uh, another one called Franny and Zooey, which is like a collection of stories. Which is, I think that's Franny and Zooey uh, is the collection. That's much better. We'll okay. Out there. Yeah.
0: So my brain is mush. Yeah. Um, I never had to recapture in the Rye in school. I have read it obviously because I have to, but never had to read in school. I am uh, not looking forward to it. But I
1: will say there's some really cool facts about JD Salinger basically getting so pissed off about people panning him for this book that he just started writing novels and putting them in a a locked box in the bank
0: so that no one could read his work good um so we are all over social media including uh unfortunately required reading a facebook unfortunately rr on twitter where amanda sometimes is on twitter amanda has been busy Uh, unfortunately required on instagram and our central hub and our very expensive domain website is unfortunatelyrequiredreading.com. Yeah, I I usually don't get to do this part. Uh, (laughs) I know, I'm like, go for it. Go, Vanna, you're on it. Thank you. Ooh, champagne. If you would like to suggest a book for the podcast or a funny story to tell about your English class or just about literature in general, you may do so at unfortunatelyrequiredreading at gmail.com. One of us will check the email. When I can't tell you, but one of us will check the email. (laughs)
1: If you go to our website, you'll also find our Redbubble store in which Amanda has put wonderful designs, including yes. ones that benefits um, Voices for Children for Ukraine, mm-hmm. um, and another which supports um, the Trevor Project out here in San Antonio mm-hmm. for um, transgender rights.
0: Because Greg Abbott can eat my whole ass. Just awful person. Also congratulations to our new Supreme Court justice and a <laughs> fine fuck you to all 47 cowardly republicans that are so ashamed of progress that you walked out. My whole question is why
1: were they asking her things like do you think babies are racist?
0: Like okay, no 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 no, no no no. No no no, you're leading the question. Why did Ted Cruz ask her that wasn't why did people ask her, that was why did Ted Cruz ask her, can babies be racist? I have a better question. Why is Ted Cruz? Because he's a Zodiac killer. Uh, my favorite though is Republicans saying, you are hard on Brett Kavanaugh, so we're gonna be mean to you. Brett Kavanaugh, an actual sex criminal. That was my favorite. Was this is gonna be revenge for Brett Kavanaugh. Like he's like he's the say their name poster child. Like they didn't sneak in an Oba's Day candidate. Come on. Also, like Brett Kavanaugh wasn't a sex criminal. Like he was innocent. Like he was just poor innocent Brett Kavanaugh. Like Ugh. he'd never done anything wrong in his life. But those planners.
1: First of all, I am so excited about Jack or um what is it? Justice Brown. I think she's amazing. Yes. I'm very excited. So um, excited. anybody who can keep that level of composure while people are asking you stupid questions,
0: teach mm-hmm. me those lessons mm-hmm. because I don't know how anymore. I I don't either, but also like the amount of black lady side eye just like between her and Kamala, just the amount of black lady side eye i are just like, these people are testing me, Lord. Lord, please make this stop. <laughs> yeah, Lord, these people are testing me. Um, okay. It's been a long night, guys. We love you sincerely. Uh, thank you to our patrons who uh, support the show monetarily. You may do so at anchor.fm slash unfortunately required reading. Your support is not mandatory. We're not one of those shows that says, we'll stop making episodes if you don't give us money. We're not like one of those zoos that is like, for every dollar you don't give us, we'll shoot a panda. Um, I'm not shooting any pandas, y'all. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, But your donations and your money and your t-shirt sales, do help me afford lots of fabric to clothe my vegan balls. And lets me buy many, many crowns for my headset <laughs> and pays for our very expensive domain. All right. Ah.
1: We love you all.
0: Yeah, uh stay safe. There's a lot going on out there. Uh stay safe. It's gonna get better because it has to hell is empty and the devils are all here see you next month go read a book go read a book